Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study in Central Florida. I'm David. This is my lovely wife, Joanna. There's the hand wave of the queen. Hello, hello. Well, we're having a good time. We're in a live audience tonight. Uh, say hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> Seems to be more gathering each week, and I know there's more gathering online. We love connecting with you both in audio and video and of course in person come visit us on a wednesday night if you're ever in central florida and the orlando area we would love to fellowship with you well tonight we're continuing part two of a message from last week called unusual manifestations unusual manifestations so if you want to see part one go back on facebook live or vimeo or virtual church media or YouTube or SoundCloud or whatever platform you connect with us on. We're going to get started and we're going to do a recap because we always want to have a foundation laid properly because the, the, the greater the building, the stronger and deeper the foundation must be. And if we're going to go higher in God, we need to be anchored in the word. So we are not focused on manifestations. We're focused on transformation. Whether you shake, rattle, roll, or sit stoic when the presence of God comes upon you, if you don't leave transformed, I question whether it was God. If you shake, rattle, and roll, or you sit stoic and you are changed, it was God. Because only God can change the life. We all, with unfail, unveiled face, behold Him. And in His presence, we are change we're transformed we're metamorphosized by the spirit of the lord so when a person comes into an encounter with jesus an encounter with the presence of god face to face with the lord we're changed you cannot connect and come face to face with the living god and remain the same saul of tarsus on the road to damascus was out to kill Christians, but there was an unusual manifestation that occurred for him on his way to go out and kill more Christians, thinking he was doing God a service. He had a very religious spirit. In response to Stephen's prayers, while Saul had the week before, two weeks before, stoned him to death with a group of people. Stephen saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, an unusual manifestation. And he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And he said, I can just see these words. Dad, check him out. That's Stephen. That's our boy. Man, look at him. He's saying, Lord, forgive them. They know not what they do. Do not charge them with this sin. That's the same thing. I said on the cross when they were crucifying me, look how much of me has developed in Stephen. He's not praying the imprecatory Psalms. He's not praying fire from heaven like my disciples did. Here's a guy who was a believer that was raised up from a believer. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then he began to serve and wait on tables. He was faithful with that. Then we raised him up as one of the faithful. And then he became an evangelist. And now he loves humanity just like I did. He's willing to give his life for them. Let's go get 
on the road to Damascus next week. Father, what do you say I go down there and meet Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus? I'm gonna think I'm gonna give him a palm heel right on the chin. I wanna connect with him. And Saul of Tarsus is going on the road to Damascus with his Damascus friends and, and God sets him free by an encounter with Jesus and Jesus says, Bam! Knocks him off that high horse of pride. Unusual manifestation. Jesus meets him in a resurrected state on the road to Damascus and blinds him with the light. These are biblical, but unusual. Wouldn't you say that's unusual? Yeah. Jesus appeared to me in a prison cell. Unusual manifestation. Two other prisoners were in the 8 by 16 cell in Leavenworth Penitentiary. The year was 1990. It was right before I went to sentencing on June 6, 1990, so it would have been June 5th. And I knelt down to pray before I went to go get sentenced. And Big George was there. George had done 26 out of the last 30 years in prison. George ended up getting double life without parole. And my co-defendant, who in my book, Jet Ride to Hell, Journey to Freedom, jetridebook.com, he's in there. He's named as Vic. The names have been changed in my book to protect the guilty. <laughs> and so uh, I encourage you to, uh, you know, read that book. But that story is in part in there. But as I knelt down to pray, it was a pathetic sight, and Big George was over in the corner, and my co-defendant, Sal, a chiropractor, looked at me and I would only get on one knee. I was still kind of prideful even though I was born again. Finally, the Lord got me on both knees. And if you can't get on both knees before God, give it up, surrender. I surrender some, I surrender some, some to who Jesus, some to my ego. I surrender. See, we, we like to sing, I surrender all. I surrender. But the reality is we're singing, I surrender some. Because if he's not Lord of all, he may not be Lord at all. Because you can't say no Lord or he's not Lord anymore. Some people are like, I, you know, I never experienced those unusual manifestations. When you get down on both knees and you cry out to him, and you really, from your heart, say, I surrender all, I surrender all, he'll show up. And if you really are willing to surrender your life to the point of martyrdom, he'll save a soul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. So Jesus knocks him off his high horse of pride on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. And Saul is blinded by the light. And he's gone. They take him to a place. They put him up. They house him. And Ananias, who's not an apostle. Stephen is not an apostle. You don't have to be an apostle to be used mightily of God. And God speaks. Jesus speaks in a resurrected state. Holy Spirit speaks in a resurrected state. He speaks in a resurrected state to Ananias. And he says, Ananias, go to a street called Straight. See, Saul thought he was on a straight path to go out and kill Christians, but he was on a wicked, crooked path. 
But Jesus came making the crooked paths straight. When we have iniquity on the inside of us, it's bent or crooked nature. It's called an iniquity cord. And we were born in sin and shape and iniquity. Did our mother conceive us? We've all got it. We inherited it. You know, you got something by inheritance from Adam after he had fallen. But the good news, when you get born again, you get something from Jesus that straightens everything out if you'll allow him. There's sin, there's iniquity, and there's transgression. Sin is missing the mark. Iniquity is the bent or crooked nature on the inside. And transgression is just rebellion. Lucifer was perfect in all of his ways until iniquity was found in him. If iniquity will cause an archangel to fall from heaven and take a third of the angels with him, what could it do to you or me? You don't hear a lot of messages on iniquity. But you can go online, virtualchurchmedia.com. There's one there. <laughs> or one and two, I think. And uh, it's a very interesting message. But God wants to set us free from iniquity. So when you'll get on your knees and surrender all to the Lord, you'll make room for him to come in with transformational power. Yes. And will it include manifestations? Yeah, normally. I feel the presence of God. I smell a fragrance of the Rose of Sharon. Whatever it is, it brings you closer to him when it's a manifestation from the Lord. Are there false manifestations? Yes. Oh, yes, there are plenty of false manifestations. But we're not here for manifestations. We're here for transformation. So a tree is known by its fruit. Good root, good fruit. Bad root, bad fruit. Can a good tree bear bad fruit? No. Can a bad tree bear good fruit? No. Does Satan cast out Satan? No. They call Jesus Beelzebub, prince of the devils. They called him Beelzebub, which is lord of the flies. What do flies get around? <coughs> rotten stuff. And so when you do rotten things, it attracts the Beelzebub flies, demons. When you do good stuff, it attracts the angels in the presence of God. So if you're tired of demons break ties with that mess. Yeah. And if you can't get free from the mess, ask the Lord Jesus to set you free because he came to set the captives free. Who does Jesus deliver? The desperate. The Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't need a deliver in their mind and they didn't get delivered. But Nicodemus came to him by night and got delivered. So you can't categorize everybody 100% here or 100% there. Unusual manifestations is what we're talking about. So when you begin to experience the presence and the power of God, unusual things will happen. And Jesus appeared to me in that prison cell, and then the glory cloud appeared. It was the presence, the tangible manifest presence of God. In the Old Testament, it might be called the kabod of God, or the C-H-A-B-A-D, kabod. It means the glory, the manifest, tangible weightiness of his presence that's visible, that can be seen. The cloud of his presence was the kabod of God in the Old Testament when the children of Israel came out of Egypt. They were guided by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Unusual manifestation. When you say, have you ever seen a cloud by day and a fire by night? I have not. I've seen a cloud in a prison cell at night and I've also seen it during the day when God appeared in that form by his presence. And there was a holy hush in the room and the things that were being yelled down the hall 
by the other prisoners that may not have been glory to God and hallelujah at the time were hushed because the tangible presence of God was in the cell. The cell was pregnant with the atmosphere of heaven. And when God arises, his enemies are scattered. His enemies are silent. Psalms 68, 1, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. How many want the tangible presence of God? How many want Peter's shadow to shine out of their life? How many want to be able to take handkerchiefs and aprons like Paul did in the scriptures with unusual miracles? And men and women would be healed when they would come into contact with those handkerchiefs or aprons that were taken from your body when you preach in the presence of God comes upon you. There was a, a gentleman, in fact, I just saw him on social media and we're friends and he's continuing to serve the Lord and it's, you know, 30 years later from what occurred. He had asked me, he said, David, he was, he was Spanish and he said, David, I want to borrow your robe, you know, and I said to him, I said, my robe, what, what do you need it for? And he said, he said, I, I want to sleep in it. And I'm thinking, this is kind of weird, right? <laughs> want to sleep. He says, no, he says, I want to sleep in your robe. Just, can I have it for three days? The Holy Spirit, Espíritu Santo dice, he told me to come and ask you for your robe and I was to sleep in it for three days. And I'm like, okay, what for? He says, because you carry an anointing for evangelism on you. And I want to wrap myself in that mantle of evangelism. God told me if I would do that as an obedient servant, I was supposed to go on a three-day fast and wear that robe when I slept and there would be an impartation for evangelism. And I said, I got a, it's an unusual manifestation. I never thought about it, but the whole Lord told him. So I gave him my robe and he brought me up his robe. You can wear mine. I'm like, no, we're cool. You know, we're cool. I don't I can go without a robe for, you know, do this. So anyway, I would go by his cell and he would be reading his Bible and he'd be wrapped in that robe and he'd be reading, leyendo la palabra de Dios. He'd be reading the, the escrituras, the scriptures in Spanish. And, 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 and at the end of the three days, he brought me back the robe. He said, I had an encounter with Jesus. He says, he told me he's released the spirit of evangelism and that souls will be one in the Hispanic community. Little did I know, I was about to be wrapped up and taken back to court and I would be gone for like a month. And when I came back, he took over the evangelism lead on that compound and led many Hispanic men to Christ and was on fire for God. And they'd come out of false religions, Pala my hombre, Santaria, Los Santeros, different forms of witchcraft and, and other types of religions. And uh, that mantle had passed to him through an unusual vehicle an unusual method, but the manifestation was the spirit from the Holy Ghost or the mantle or the gift of evangelism came upon him, fivefold ministry gift. And how do we know it happened? Because souls were saved. So that's the extension. Sometimes we, we, we go into prayer lines and we lay empty hands on empty heads. You know, it's just like people don't really have anything to impart, but they got a badge. You know, they're, they're badged at the church. And you go up and, you know, you ask for prayer and they've got nothing in their hands. Other times you go up and it's like, whoosh, it's like a fire hose of power that comes through you. And, and, and you know, sometimes 
you're not assigned to impart to that person. It's an interesting thing. There was a time I was, I was in, in prison in 94. I was in Miami. I was on my third indictment on the same evidence. And about five years into my prison bit, I had a prosecutor just kept on indicting me. And uh, 30 years later, I, I ran into him. And uh, the Lord had me hug him. And there was an unusual manifestation of the Father's love that came through me into him when I, I hugged him. And we were not friends. <laughs> this yeah. was an unusual encounter with an unusual manifestation. But his, his girlfriend said to me, she said, you know, you really messed up so-and-so last night when you hugged him. She gave me his name, and I, and I said, oh. She said, when you hugged him, he felt something he's never felt before. And I said, that was the love of the Father. And she was not born again. She was into some kind of New Age stuff. And, and she said, uh, yes, you carry that power. You carry that an unusual power. I see it on you. I said, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. And redirecting them back to, it's not my power. It's his power. It's not my goodness. It's his goodness. By the grace of God, there we go. You know, go, there go I. And so just because you operate in the power, you carry the presence of God, you walk in proximity with Jesus or Christ in you, the hope of glory shines out of you, doesn't always mean that everybody that sees it likes it, nor does it mean that everybody who sees it recognizes that it's Jesus. And you can point people back to Jesus and sometimes they just don't see it because it's either not their time yet or they're getting repeated exposures through a drip campaign from heaven in the marketing system of salvation that they might be drop kicked through the goalpost of life or eternal life and have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Just a little metaphor for you. Not a, don't, don't, don't come after me for weird doctrine on that. We're on unusual manifestations. There's plenty of other things you could come after me tonight on, but not on that. Okay. Save, save your comments for something a little, little racier. Okay, so that's just another example of an unusual manifestation. Another time I was in a church in Springfield, Missouri. I had just gotten off of five years of federal supervised release and I had uh, interest. I just got the call. You've been released. I'm no longer your supervised release officer. I'm like, what happened? You know, like they fire you? You know, I'm thinking to myself, he says, I said, who's my supervised release officer now? He said, no one. I went to bat for you to get you off early, about four and a half years into the five years. And I said, well, what does that mean? He says, it means you're free. I said, so I don't have to report anymore? He said, no. And I said, could you send me an email from US government, you know, email address with an ISP and timestamp so that I can think when I got off the phone, I wasn't hallucinating. <laughs> he laughed and he sent it to me. And you know, it was like two or three weeks before the letter of confirmation arrived. So I left Springfield, Missouri. And uh, I was down in Branson. I was at a, at a small retreat conference with some, some pastors and leadership. And I left a free man suddenly after 20 years in prison, five years of federal parole, 25 years, and I'm free. And I pull up to get gas. And I'm at a gas station with 24 pumps. And I get my gas, I go in, I get something from the convenience store, and I'm coming out. And guy's pulled up behind me, and he's got two youths in the front seat of his car. And he gets out and he's yelling and screaming and cussing at me. And I'm thinking, why is he so angry? You know? And he's like, you're at my pump. I'm thinking there's 24 pumps. <laughs> I didn't know there was like ownership. It's not like a parking place reserved for Bill, you know? Don't park here. It's a gas pump. How often does he get gas? So 
I said to him, I was real calm, and I said, uh, I said, sir, I said, it's unnecessary for you to use that, you know, type of language, especially in front of the two youths. And I don't know, it seemed not to get the response I was hoping. <laughs> it seemed to inflame him. But remember, I was dealing with the demon. I just got off federal parole and the enemy's trying to trip me up. And I'm driving from Springfield, Missouri to Springfield, Illinois that night, which is about six and a half hours. And we were doing a three-day revival service. And what happened was I realized that you have to stay in the arena of faith to beat the devil. Because if you get in the arena of reason, he'll trip you up. But I just got off federal parole. No longer do I have to worry about the cops showing up and I go back to jail regardless of the accusation. Now I'd have to have a new case. So I'm thinking. I'm thinking about how to handle this. And I'm not thinking correctly. <laughs> Got a little martial arts background. The guy's assaulting me. Haven't been able to use these in a while. Just keeping it real. And so I said to him, I, he, he said some pretty choice words and called me some pretty choice names. And, and I said to him, I said, sir, I said, it's unnecessary. And he gets out of the car. And he's coming down that tunnel of love in between the car and the gas pump where there's a lot of activity that can happen in there. And the Lord says, don't you do it. And he says, it's the devil. And he wants to get you in the arena of reason. Even though this man is wrong, he's demonized. And so the man comes up to me and I said, I'll go ahead and leave. He said, oh, no, too late. Oh. And I'm like, okay. And calls me some more names. And then he goes, <laughs> and he's going to spit on me. Oh. And I said, Lord, I said, I've been spit on twice for you. <laughs> I said, I just got off federal parole. I said, I'm going to preach a revival service. I said, I need you to give me some grace. And this guy gets ready to spit on me, to provoke me. And all of a sudden, at the last second, he spits on the back window of my car. And I said to him, I said, sir, I said, thank you for leaving DNA evidence on the back of my automobile of assault. I said, and I'm sure the camera footage will reflect what's happening. I said, now you get to go to jail in front of these two youths in the front car. So I dial 911, but I don't hit the button. And he backs down, and then all of a sudden, go ahead and call 911. I mean, you're dealing with a demon. It's not, not rational. And so these other people around are watching. Nobody's coming in to stop or help and this and that. Anyway, so I said to him, I said, hey, I tell you what. I said, I'm going to go ahead and leave, give you this gas pump. I'm giving you a pass card on the assault and damaging my car and all this other stuff. I said... I really hope you get your life right. And I got in the car and I drove off. As I drove off, it started to rain. It rained for six hours on the way to Springfield, Illinois from Springfield, Missouri. And there was this loogie on the back of my window in my rear view mirror. And it was shaped like half frog and half tadpole. And it was so acidic, it would not wash off 
in six and a half hours. And so as I'm driving these two 18-wheelers, there's somebody in a BMW and it's raining, and there's somebody in the back seat who's smoking a cigarette, so it's fogged the windows up in this BMW. And this BMW kind of slides out and these 18-wheelers kind of collapse around me. I almost get wiped out by these two 18-wheelers because this guy's smoking in the back seat. Almost get assaulted there, almost get wiped out there. I finally arrive at the church. It stops raining. I look on the back of my car, that frog tadpole thing is still there. I go in to preach. It's a true story. I, I have witnesses. You can't make this stuff up. It was an unusual manifestation that came out of this guy's mouth. The, the false prophet has frogs come out of his mouth, right? And so I go in and I preach, and this is what happens in the service. It's my first service preaching off of federal supervised release. The cuffs are off. And I got done preaching this message, and I said, the Lord wants to do, you know, one healing. I said, it's a deaf ear. I said, who has it? And the Lord wants to heal. So a person came up, prayed for them. The deaf ear popped open in the name of Jesus, power of the Holy Spirit, manifestation. And then somebody says, my, my brother's son has also got hearing problems. He says, I just called him on the phone. Can you pray for him over the phone? So I said, sure, you know, the atmosphere is open, the portal's open for healing for deaf ears. And so if you ever see somebody moving in a certain area and you got that issue, jump right in the river. And so prayed for him, the, 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 the youth gets healed over the phone, one ear and then the other one, the hearing aids are gone, he's completely healed. And then the power of God falls and people are falling out under the power, demons are coming out. There was a guy who was walking and pacing back and forth and in the back, turns out he was a gang member and he was getting ready to go out and commit a murder. But he came to the, and he, was, he wanted to come to the, and finally the pastor went and got him, brought him up, prayed for him, the power of God, the demons came out. Then these, uh, this woman gets healed, uh, it, power of God comes on her and these little, two little, like three-year-olds start running around in the glory of God. So I have the three-year-olds lay hands on this grandmother and then through their hands, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the grandmother gets healed through the three-year-old twins. Wow. It was just a wonderful night. Then it got really crazy. Okay, so it got really crazy. And then there was this manifestation of joy that came. And it was like, I don't know how to describe it. It was as if the Holy Spirit rolled up into my hand, out of my spirit, and it was like a ball of energy in my hand. And I could literally take it and just like throw it to somebody 15 feet across the room. And I feel it leave my hand and they would look and all of a sudden they'd be like, boom, and it would hit them and knock them down 15 feet away, 10 feet, 20 feet, depending on how far away they were. And they would hit the ground, you know, not get hurt. And they would just start to laugh and God was healing them of emotional stuff. And so this went on for about an hour and a half with these unusual manifestations. And the pastor was about six foot three, six foot four, and he was very tall. When he would pray for people, he would put his hand on their head and, you know, kind of like a little bit soulishly kind of push on them. We don't do courtesy drops and we don't push people here. So if God lays you down and does surgery on you like he did in an unusual manifestation with Adam when he put him to sleep and took out a rib. That's an unusual manifestation, isn't it? Mm -hmm. 
because we're talking about unusual manifestations tonight. And so I kept on sharing with the pastor, please take your hand off the head, let God do it, and let him touch them through your hand, but lift your hand at least six inches away or a foot away. And as he did that, the power of God would come and his congregation would be getting touches from the Lord. And now they were knowing it wasn't their pastor who was doing it with a little help from a push. Now it was the Lord doing it with a little help from his angels. And they had an encounter with Jesus instead of an encounter with the pastor. So his level of understanding from the anointing realm where you lay hands on the sick and they recover versus the glory realm where you just raise your hands up and the glory comes. It's called the sweatless anointing when you get into the glory. Some people preach and they're all sweaty afterwards and I'm not against that. I've been sweaty after I preached as well. But then I realized, you know, there's a better way here. And it's stepping into the glory realm and allowing God to do it. It's next level up and the miracles are bigger and greater. So that was unusual manifestations. But here's what I said at the gas pump earlier. When I got into the car, I said, devil, I said, I recognize you back at that gas pump through that man. He had an alcoholic nose, you know, and you know how people that drink all the time, they start to get that look in their nose, a reddish thing. And uh, I said, I recognize you. I'm not going to fight you in the arena of reason. I'll see you in the service tonight, the arena of faith. And I said, I'm going to punish you tonight in the name of Jesus. I'm bringing out the sword of the spirit and the captives are going to get set free. That was slick. It was a nice try. And I turned around, I drove off and I kept on seeing that frog. Anyway, the rest of this story is it rained and then we had services. And I'm way back to Kansas City at that point where I'd lived at the time. So I went from Springfield, Missouri to Springfield, Illinois, about six and a half hours. Then Springfield, Illinois back to Kansas City, Missouri, probably about six hours. I get in the car, it's raining. Oh. And I'm looking and that frog tadpole thing is still on the back window. <laughs> so it rains the whole way. So the next day I go to the car wash Now I have this like unlimited package. And so I like to get my car washes in, I'm paying for it, right? And so I bounce in there and I look and the car is clean as a whistle except for that frog tadpole oh. right in the center on the back. And every time I'm looking, I'm like, I'm being chased by a frog, right? <laughs> so I go the next day and I have it a second time and it still won't come off. I do it a third time. And finally, I remember pulling into a gas station and I got one of the squeegees and I'm scrubbing that thing off, right? <laughs> and I said, God, I said, why is it like half frog and half tadpole? And the Lord told me, he said, you're not mature enough to deserve a full frog yet. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. You know, so that was, what is that, seven, eight years ago? I, I might be mature enough to deserve a full frog now. I don't know. But, you know, when you have unusual manifestations like that, you're having unusual impact as well. And so with every forward step with the Lord, you're going to have opposition from the enemy. 1 Corinthians 16, 9 says, a great and effectual door was opened unto us, but there are many adversaries. When you get a door open to you from the Lord, you'll have to face opposition from the enemy. And the greater impact that God wants to make through you is the greater opposition that the enemy will come to try to stop you 
from getting through. It is a left-handed compliment from the enemy when it occurs, and it is a confirmation you're on the right track with the Lord. Other unusual manifestations um, can come from the dark side. And let me just go ahead and break this down. So there are biblical manifestations, those that line up with Scripture. There are anti-biblical manifestations, those that are clearly prohibited or they're against Scripture. Like you're not to do tarot card reading or you're not to look at crystal balls. You're not to call, you know, psychics or mediums or that kind of thing. So we're not to do that at all. Those are prohibitions, right? Then there's manifestations that are in line with Scripture. Praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, dreams, visions, uh, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. Those things are in line with Scripture, but you have to test them by the fruit, right? And then there are extra biblical manifestations. In other words, they're not in Scripture, but they're not prohibited in Scripture. And that's where it gets a little bit tricky because then people start calling good evil and evil good because they don't really know. And so Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons taken from his body are biblical. But not everybody's got the handkerchief anointing ministry going on, right? There's a church up in Georgia right now. A friend of mine took her daughter there. And when you go into the waters of baptism, it's like fire. Now, there's no physical heat in the, in the waters. But when people go in, it's a baptism of fire. And I know other people, I've seen video footage, and lives are transformed when they get water baptized. Church of His Presence with John Kilpatrick uh, is, is it's a powerful church, but it was birthed out of the Pensacola revival 27 years ago, 1995. And as Pastor Kilpatrick was there with Evangelist Steve Hill, who's gone on to be with the Lord, all of a sudden he felt wind come through his legs and he went out under the power in 1995 on Father's Day and Steve Hill standing there with the microphone and that's when the revival started and it lasted seven years. People would get in line at 6.30 in the morning to get into church at 6.30 at night. They would stand in line like they were getting a new iPhone outside of Best Buy. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I advertising? I don't know. But the level that the world has a commitment to stand out to get concert tickets or the latest tech gadget, when the Christians get that kind of commitment to stand in line to get into church, you'll see unusual manifestations. And they'll great, be great transformation in lives. So people coming out of lesbian and homosexual lifestyles, people coming out of witchcraft, atheism, false religions would come into those services. And the presence of God was so strong, the conviction was so gone strong that they would come to the altar and get radically delivered. And when they would water baptize them in that church, and I've seen the video footage, the power of God would come on them. They would look like dolphins coming out of the water because they'd be shaking with the manifestation of the power of God as God was shaking them free of stuff. So you have to look at transformation. Is it a shaking anointing? Is it a fire anointing in the water? Or is it a transformation anointing that comes along with that manifestation? You know, you can get water baptized, go down a devil and come up a devil. It doesn't really matter the method. It's the state of the human heart. I remember one day I had a friend of mine, he's six foot five, and he comes from a Roman Catholic background and 
I had done like last rites over his father. And so he wanted to thank me and you know, this and that he wanted to talk. And over a period of time, he ended up deciding he really wanted this Jesus. He realized that it's not space aliens. It's not, you know, this and that. And he had some confusion about stuff. So he had an encounter with Jesus. And he said to me, he said, hey, I want you to come by my house. So I went by his house, remember he's six five. And uh, <laughs> he said, I, I want to get water baptized. I'm thinking, it's the dead of winter in Kansas City. It's not like you can just like, and he goes, well, you know, can we do it? And he goes, I, I could, could you water baptize me in my, my bathtub? I said, you're 6'5". <laughs> he said, yeah, that's a logistical problem. He goes, but I just, I really feel like I'm supposed to be water baptized. And I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to ask you to water baptize me. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, sprinkling. I said, I'm not Catholic. God says, neither am I. I said, God, are you Pentecostal? He says, I'm not Pentecostal either. In other words, it's not about your denomination or your method. It's about obeying the Holy Spirit. But it was outside of my paradigm. So I said to him, I said, hey, let me, can I get a glass? And he was like, I filled it up with water. And I said, I know this is unusual, you're like coming out of this Roman Catholic thing with the saints and believing in a few other things. I said, but I really sensed the Holy Spirit told me I was supposed to water baptize you with sprinkling. And I'd never done it before. Remember, I don't think I've done it since. I like to do full submergence, three minutes. Make sure when the bubbles are not coming up anymore, the person's yielded to God. They've had an encounter with Jesus. Right? Resurrection, hallelujah. Come on by Orlando, get water baptized. It's a joke. Relax. So, so anyway, um, some people get baptized in lemon juice, I think, because when they come up, they're all mean, sourpuss Christians, you know, like, man, are you sure you got saved? You know, water baptized without lemon juice. So, so anyway, I went and I like grabbed the water and I went like that and I flicked it and the water flew off my hands. It hit him right in the forehead. Like, you know, he's six foot five and I'm five eight. And so when it hits him, he's like, the Lord says, do it again. So I hit him a second time with the water. Next thing I know, he's like in this vision with the Lord. And all of a sudden he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. Starts speaking in other tongues. Didn't pray for him for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Water baptized him with sprinkling. Not my method, not my style. So that day I learned a couple of things. One, stop speaking against people that don't do it your way. They might be doing it God's way for them. And the whole thing is this, and I could teach a whole message on why you need to be water baptized, full submergence, baptizo, baptized into die, because I preach it a few times, a lot of times. But that day I realized that the Holy Spirit is bigger than my method. Because transformation, not method, is what we're looking for. Transformation, not manifestation, is what we're looking for. So don't get focused on manifestations. Don't get focused on methods. Focus on transformed lives because a tree is known by its fruit. Good root, good fruit, bad fruit, bad root. So we have to have good root, good fruit. Manifestations. Want to go a little more? Okay, so here's where we have some fun stuff. So one day I'm preaching on a Friday night. Now we just had the Women of Royalty Conference, womenofroyaltyconference.com. My wife just did this 
wonderful conference, guest speakers from around the nation, the presence of God came, and my wife came out with these six-foot gold angel wings. Front and back, she had four of them. Now, she had bought these and she designed her outfit. My wife sings in Hebrew and dances. She dances with a sword. She does all kinds of amazing things. She's like a Proverbs 62 woman, a double portion Proverbs 31 woman, right? And so, so, so she's like trying to practice with these wings in the house and like knocking me in the head, knocking things off. And she just didn't have the room with these big, you know, bigger 12. So anyway, she comes out on the final, you know, session before we do the princess crowning. She did the princess crowning with the women, crowning them daughters of the king of heaven and uh, womenofroyaltyconference.com. So... As she comes out, she's got like this warrior, angel, princess crown piece on. And she's dressed like a, a warrior. And she's got on these boots and these six-foot angel wings. And she comes down singing the, one of the songs she wrote called Out of the Will. I am calling my children out of the wilderness. And these wings are going back and forth. And as this is going down, she's flying through the congregation. Not flying, but walking. It looks like she's kind of floating. And... The presence of God was so strong, it reminded me of when Jesus appeared in the prison cell and the glory of God showed up. Now, I didn't see a cloud of his presence that Saturday night, but I felt his presence and his love. And as I'm watching her go through, I was overwhelmed with the love of God and the Holy of Holies. And when she would bend down with these gold wings and these wings would go down, it looked like she was bending down as the cherub wings over the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, these gold wings. And I said, oh God, oh God, you're so good as I was overwhelmed. And then I looked and I'm like, that's my wife. And I said, oh God. You're so good. You're so good. It pays to wait 25 years, single and celibate. God, you're so good. And then it was back to this angel. God, you're so good. Kind of living in two worlds. And as she came down and she finished that dance, and we got it on video, it was amazing. There was an unusual manifestation of God's presence, and women began to come to the altar, and she got done with her dance, and as people started to clap, it wasn't that... It wasn't a clapping type anointing. It was more like this. People were just stunned in the presence. And she marched over to the piano. She kind of put her wings down and she grabbed that piano and she started to play the frequencies of heaven. How, how many hurts? Some, you can yeah, just say. It was amazing. It was like something otherworldly from heaven. And then women started to come to the altar. And as they would bow down at the altar, women got delivered of emotional stuff. Marriages were were saved. People got delivered from depression and physical healings happened. It was an unusual manifestation of God's presence. So one day I'm preaching in Kansas City and our worship leader, Zenobia Smith, the Kansas City songbird, ZenobiaSmith.com. I'll throw out some, you know. And she is amazing. She played at our wedding. And Zenobia Smith is this beautiful black woman and as I'm preaching, she's at the piano, all of a sudden gold dust starts to appear on her beautiful black skin. And so it's an unusual manifestation. Other people experience some gold dust in that service. And I'm not 
for gold dust. I'm not against gold dust. I'm just saying gold dust appeared. Amen. It just is what it is. And so as people came up after the service and a bunch of healings happened, and I think a guy with a hip and I think metal bent that night, surgical metal bent into place when we commanded to defend into place in the name of Jesus. And they get off pain medication. So the manifestation resulted in transformation and they were delivered from pain medication. They went back to their Jewish doctor and said, can you explain what happened? He says, well, it's bent, but it's bent into the correct position. Basically, God fixed the botched titanium. And he says, titanium doesn't bend. He says, this is unusual. How did this happen? She said, well, I was at a service and the pastor prayed for me. He says, oh, very good, run along. And so she's off medication. Anyway, long story short, as Zenobia got up, people said, what is that on your chest and neck? She said, I don't know. What, what is that glitter? She says, I didn't put that on there. But she was in the glory and that happened. My wife was in Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Redding, California, where Bill Johnson was preaching. And when she was there, she's like, God, I, I want to have an unusual manifestation of gold dust or something. Other people talk about it. I want it. Anyway, so they were worshiping in the service one night and she comes back to her apartment and the whole carpet is covered with gold dust and I think some, some light gemstones. And she just looked at him and she was praising God for it. She woke up the next morning and it was all gone. It wasn't a vision she saw, it was physical, but then it disappeared. We were in a church in, in rural Missouri. I think I shared this last week. And as they, it's a gemstone church. And these stones will like flash right in front of you. We've got some. And, but we're not there for the stones. We're there for the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's like a little gift. Why do you buy your wife as a man a ring with a stone in it? That's thousands of dollars. It's just a piece of glass because you love her. It's a sign or a symbol of your appreciation and your commitment to her. God does it for you at times if you'll seek him for it. We've got our friends Jose and Ruthie are here. And in Puerto Rico, there was a church where they saw the gemstones appear. It comes and it ebbs, it flows, it stops, but we're not there for the stones. They were there for the transformed lives. And so don't get focused on the manifestations. Focus on Jesus and focus on transformation and fruit. I had a guy come into my service one time. And he was showing me a, pulling out all of his like gemstones and feathers. And I remember saying, well, let me see that. I pulled it out and he just had this kind of weird look about him. It's like he was focused on manifestations, not transformation. And I said, let me see that. And I looked at the feather, I smelled it. I said, when did you get this? He said, I got it, you know, at this service. I said, was it snowing that night? And he said, well, yeah. I said, were people wearing like parkas, down parkas that night? Oh, give me that back. I'm like, it's a down feather from a coat, dude. This is not an angel feather, okay? And so this other stuff, I'm like questioning it. And the point is, some people focus on manifestations to the point to where they'll find a gem that falls off somebody's sequin gown and call it a diamond from the Lord. And it's not. It fell off somebody's clothing, okay? And sometimes people will find angel feathers. They're just down feathers from a coat. So don't turn something that's not God into God because it's fraud. 
and it causes people to get further away. But when people start doing that stuff, there's this look in their eye. They look a little weird. I call them granola bar Christians. They're flaky, they're fruity, they're nutty. Okay, so you have that that goes along with it. And when you have the fire of the Lord, what happens is, and this, this hopefully this will help some people, because it, it helped me. When the fire of the Lord shows up, it starts to burn out those things that are not God. But in the process, while those things are getting burned out that are not God, sometimes as they're coming out, it's not so pretty. When you birthed the baby, conception might have been great. But the birthing of the baby can be messy. Okay? And my point is, when people are getting birthed into the kingdom, sometimes there are some unusual manifestations that aren't really of the enemy. It's just the enemy leaving their lives. Or the emotional stuff leaving their lives. So give people grace in manifestations and if it's god there'll be transformation if it's not god they'll go down a devil and come up a devil and a lot of times what happens is people will be in our services we we have manifestations that occur in the services but we like to curtail those to those that are god and we don't like to give a platform to the enemy so if demons start coming out of a person we'll just bind manifestations and command the demon to come out. And a lot of times the demon will silence and it'll come out without manifestation, but they'll be transformed. Other times people will fall on the ground. And again, we don't care if you fall, shake, rattle, roll, sit, stoic, stand up, praise God. If you're getting delivered or if you're getting transformed, we celebrate that. But we're not into the manifestations, but manifestations do accompany the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what will often happen is if somebody's manifesting and there's a mixture, the fire of the Lord mixed with a little wildfire of their own flesh or soul, we'll like have somebody kind of walk over and just kind of calm them or take them into a back room to where they're not a distraction. And then if it's the Lord, they'll get delivered and they'll come back with a testimony. If it's just them doing an exhibition, it'll end pretty quick because there's nobody around to watch them. But you sometimes don't know if it's God or an exhibition or a mixture. So don't come against something you don't understand. Give people an opportunity to process through that. Again, it's not manifestation, it's transformation. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So signs and wonders that point to Jesus are from the Lord. Signs and wonders that result in transformation are from the Lord. Signs and wonders that point to someone other than Jesus, uh-uh. Signs and wonders that point to the minister, uh-uh. Is that helpful? Yes. And if the signs and wonders temporarily point to the minister, if the minister is yielded to the Lord, he'll immediately point people back to the Lord. A lot of times when people get healed or delivered, they'll say, oh, thank you for healing me. I didn't heal you. I'm a conduit. I'm a vessel. I'm a rubber hose. He's the water. Without the water, I'm just a rubber hose. I'm the donkey that has the privilege and the honor of carrying the Messiah into the service today. But without him, I'm just a donkey. Know your position without him. He said, in John 15, 
I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Can you imagine the donkey coming in town after they're yelling, Hosanna in the highest, this and that, putting out palm branches, donkey's walking on, greatest day of his life. Next week he comes walking in, you dumb donkey, get out of here. <laughs> That's what happens when we forget that it's him and not us. That the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. As we close, I want to quote this. The Apostle Paul came preaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. When I came to you, I came to you preaching and declaring nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the singular message. That's the focal point, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because if there be no crucifixion, there can be no resurrection. And if there be no crucifixion and resurrection, our faith is in vain. It's his work on the cross. Lest any man could boast, it's a free gift of God. We're saved by his works, but it's a free gift that we get. <laughs> Salvation is free. The anointing and the glory realm will cost you. It'll cost you a 21-day fast. It'll cost you a 40-day fast. It'll cost you a three-day fast. It'll cost you a seven-day fast. Whatever your thing is with God, it will cost you. Salvation's free, but the anointing will cost you. And if you want to move into the glory realm, it'll cost you everything. It's I surrender all, not I surrender some. You can have the anointing after only surrendering some. But if you want that glory realm, you're going to have to surrender all. And remember, once you get that, he gets diffused in every place through you. And unusual manifestations go to the next level. Because you'll focus people's eyes back on the author and finisher of our faith. My faith and my preaching were nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I did not come to you, Paul said, in persuasive words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not in word only, but of power. And Romans 15.9 Paul said, I came to you declaring the full gospel or the whole counsel of God in mighty signs and wonders. When you're close with Jesus, signs and wonders will follow. And more importantly, salvations and transformed lives will follow. So this is Unusual Manifestations Part 2. You can go back and watch Part 1. And... That's about it. Prayer request from Kevin Kennedy over implants, dental implants, and housing We declare and decree right now. Everybody stretch your hands. You know, you can put in prayer requests right on this thing. In Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, every plant that's not been planted by my Heavenly Father shall be rooted up. And I root this thing up in the name of Jesus. There it goes. 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 We declare brand new teeth in those areas. Lord, transform them by the power of the Holy Ghost. There it goes. I command all pain to cease and desist. And we thank you for now just putting in new teeth. I thank you, Father, you have new teeth right there. There it is. New teeth for, for anyone who's listening. We release dental miracles, unusual manifestations. Like when you gave me platinum fillings out of amalgam that were 30 years old in a service. 
I thank you that you did it for me. You do it for everybody else because you're no respecter of persons. We thank you that Jesus is the dentist. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I also break off cancer. Lose her. In Jesus' name, is somebody else listening? I break off cancer. I break your power off over you, spirit of infirmity, and you, spirit of cancer. I bind and break your power now. I curse the root, the seed, and the offspring of this cancer, and I command it to no longer default and to auto-renew. I cancel auto-renewal in the cells, and I speak a divine reversal in the DNA now. I release the belt of truth. I also speak to that uh, digestive issue that I'm seeing. I declare out in the drought it goes tonight. <coughs> there it goes, there it goes, there it goes, there it goes. I also see uh, it's, it's, it's in a female uh, parts. God is correcting, shifting, and delivering. And we call that done in Jesus' name. There's others that have struggled in some health issues with this uh, last couple of years, the thing that's been going around and morphing and doing some other things and immune systems have been compromised. So I'm gonna speak for a reset of the clock on the timeline on decisions that were made that weren't the best, either in health, diet, and some decisions we made to you know, maybe put some things in our body that now we realize maybe we shouldn't have done. God's gonna reset the clock because we got tricked or deceived. When I say we, I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about the world. And so I decree and declare right now, the clock that hit 12, we literally in the spirit turn it backwards with an unusual manifestation to prior to. And every bad decision we made that was influenced by the enemy or science at the time, or a doctor, or a friend, or a pastor that we made that we now realize was the wrong decision for our health. There it goes. Thank you, Lord, as they come out of agreement with those decisions that were made. Hindsight being 2020 vision. I thank you now for reversing and undoing it in the timeline by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I thank you that you are eternal without beginning or end. And so you're outside of time, but I thank you for stepping into the time and taking each individual back to those decisions where we had said, yes, we say no. We say no, we say no. No, I know better. I will not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, he shall also reap. So now we put it back on the back of Jesus in our behalf. We receive forgiveness. And now we thank you for uncreate. I declare an uncreation of everything that came into your body this last couple of years. In Jesus' name, and I declare divine reset. There is a reset on the clock. There is a do-over on the clock. As if it never was, it's reset right now. And the sound of my voice yielded to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for reset, reset, reset. Spirit, soul, body, mind, will, and emotions in every area of health and wellness. And I speak a reset of finances and double for your trouble. 
and brand new armor in Jesus' name. And those in agreement said, Amen. 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 I'm David. This is my lovely wife, Joanna, saying goodbye. We, we love you. We'll see you soon. Feel free to partner with us on virtualchurchmedia.com. And remember, Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he loves you way too much to leave you in your current condition. He's transforming you from glory to glory, grace to grace, and faith to faith by the Spirit of the Lord. God bless you.